Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Charles Church Stuck Too Tall Yuck Thompson. That's nailed it. <laughs> nailed, nailed was it. that good? That was all right. Cool. Just about the best intro we've had on the uh, on the show. Well, I think it, in almost two years. It is a it is a beautiful Tuesday morning. Is this the uh, like when's our two year anniversary? It's about the five hundredth episode, isn't it? It's going to be around the same time. When did we yeah. start the show? We June? need to look back. Well, June. According to this thing up on the wall, or back here, it was in 2017 sometime. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's when we did the first couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. When, when did we get in the groove? I, um, I don't know. I have to go back and look. I don't know how long it we've was, been doing this show. I'm sure it was May. Maurice, how long have you been hanging out with us? May or June? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So we had a good announcement talk with our Patreon members, the people that keep this show going and keep the ads rolling beforehand about our 500th episode party we will be doing. If you're not a Patreon member right now, you've got just a little bit of time to get in on this 500th episode party, getting an Airbnb, staying by the lake, doing a gun range, all that cool stuff. And it is filling up quick. Really, the house is getting really full really quick. On, Actually, on yeah, that. we do need to go ahead and put a hard stop on that. We so. need to decide the last date that someone can become a Patreon member and Monday make it the right 17th, then. tax day. Monday the 17th is your last chance to sign up for Patreon. If you want to get in on this 500th episode party that we are doing right here in Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee is where we're going to be doing God's that. God's country. Tell you what, man, uh, we haven't done any ads for this in a while, but woo, the stock market was down woo. this morning. Mm-hmm. And you know what you do when the market's down at some really good points? You hit that buy button. Yeah. Okay, so I'm feeling pretty good today because I, I got a 40% win on Jumia. I got, a, I got 20% on PLTR. I got 20% on Workhorse. Uh, just got in on a couple other ones here at the end of the day. So if you're interested in the techniques that we use to know when to buy and sell these things, go to mastermysongs.com. I made a little bit of money today, but I had other positions that were in the market. So it was during a, the downturn. It was a very interesting day for me. But you know what? That's part of trading, too. So you'll learn all about that as well. Uh, we do have a bit of sad news to mm-hmm. Actual sad news. Yes. Yeah, so Not even being sarcastic. News. Yeah. To um, let you all know about. Um, do you want to do this since I've read it a few yeah, times? Go ahead. So, uh, so we got an email yesterday letting us know that Bob Chittister, who is the founder and chairman of Free to Choose, you guys know that we've had Rob Chatfield on here a few times, the CEO of Free to Choose. Bob Chittister, the guy who founded Free to Choose, passed away uh, over, the, over the weekend, I believe on, on Friday after having a, a seven years with cancer, which actually beat all of the all of the projections they gave him he uh he waged a courageous battle and we what we had to say was free to choose free to choose itself has been one of the most life-changing things that i've actually encountered i mean it really has changed the way that i see everything so you guys know free to choose you had that tv show with milton freeman that they actually aired on tv which is insane to even think about yeah i mean it's a pretty big deal so Chittister is known for producing the 10-part award-winning PBS series, an international bestseller book, Free to Choose, with 
the man himself, Milton Friedman. He also created Stossel in the Classroom and created the Idea Channel, a library of more than 200 videos uh, recordings of intellectual discussions with the world's leading scholars, including 16 Nobel Prize recipients. He also created the concept for isit.org, which is something that, that Rob brought up when he was on here, which is an online education resource that now offers 70 video-centric teaching units, daily current events, and more. Since launching, they've had 300,000 educators using isit.org for the videos going to over 60 million students. Okay, so And what they did mention was uh, that in lieu of any flowers, if you guys are interested, the family has asked that donations be made to Free to Choose Network. So I will be putting the link that they put in for that. And just a, a sad day to see someone like that pass away, but I know that they are going to keep Free to Choose going for a long time. Mm-hmm. Long time. So, it um, is sad. I, uh, Charlie, I stuck this in here. It could have been a dumb bleep, I guess, but you know, we talked about the labor shortage and the fact that people are getting paid to not work. Bernie Sanders chimed in. Can I can I say something else about what we just talked about? Though? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Obviously, you guys know we're against death. It's, it is always sad, but how cool that we get to celebrate the life that he lived, where where Bob decided to leave this place better than he found it, and that you know when we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, that's the pursuit of meaning we're talking about, folks. Because if you don't do that, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Right? What's the point of life? What's the point of liberty? If you can't use your talents and your and, and the value that you create to society to leave the place better than you found it, and the best way to do that is just to not be resentful about your existence. I mean, that's literally the first step in everything else. You don't have to start a podcast or a network or do any of those types of things. That's not that's not what I'm getting at here. What I'm getting at though is living a life and pursuing your principles to where you're leaving uh, yourself. Uh, your family, the people close to you and your community better than you found it. And of course he went, Bob went above and beyond, but it's, you know, it's just really cool that he leaves a legacy um, for the rest of us to utilize, to continue the path forward. And that's, I mean, that, that is like what my goal is too. When I, when I pass, when I pass on and I hope I made it to the age that he did, I think he was in his eighties. I hope I make it that long, but I want, the same thing behind me when I die that with life changing creations. And that comes from putting that really comes from, from putting into work your actual principles, your actual beliefs about things when it comes to politics, economics, things like that. That's what we're doing every single day. That's what I hope all you guys are doing as well. And yeah, really good point, Charlie. I like it. Yeah. And that work starts right now. Yeah, here we go. So wherever you're at in life, we awkward segue from a very serious thing to another very serious thing. But we had uh, we had to point out what Bernie had to say about this labor shortage. Did he? Is this a dumb bleep? It's been a while since he's been a dumb bleep. It it could still make it into dumb bleep, but we have a couple things today that just couldn't wait until Friday. Okay, so go you you go right on ahead. All right, so this is Bernie Sanders on the labor shortage. He said, if businesses are having a very difficult time attracting labor. Let them pay the workers a decent wage, like the wage you paid them for your campaign, Mr. (laughs) Sanders. I don't think anyone's getting rich on a $300 a week supplemental. And I think ultimately the way the market is supposed to work is if you want to work for me, I've got to pay you a wage that attracts you. Let's try doing that. The the way the market works. Oh. This is the market. So now he's going to use... 
capitalism, mm-hmm. capitalism, I'm putting him in quotes because it's not real capitalism, he's, but he's going to use a capitalistic argument to say, well, pff, isn't that how the market works? What? It's it's just, you know, you got to pay him more than the government pays him. <laughs> yeah. <That's- laughs> There's a couple crazy things happening here. One, he's saying that somehow this is a product of a market, which the government giving you money for not working and businesses having to compete against that is not... It's not the. It's a market. It's yeah. not a free market. It's arbitrary and artificial. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is not the market working. This is a. This is an artificial amount of money being given to people that you're having to beat out as a business owner. So that this is not the market. The other thing is what you just brought up, which, which I hadn't thought about, which is, he's admitting a free market principle here, which is that businesses have to compete with other options that the workers have. Mm-hmm. And if the worker, if they want a worker to come work there, then they've got to offer a better option for that person to come work. And that's why they would go back to work, meaning they're, it's going to drive up wages so businesses can attract people. Artificially. Artificially driving up problem. wages. Yeah. yeah. But he's admitting that that is a mechanism that happens, that when a business needs to attract workers, that they're going to need to raise their wages to, to attract them. Joe has the best comment. Almost as if labor was a commodity. Almost. Almost. I mean, he's he's almost admitting labor's a commodity. So close. But you know, I, I mean, I guess the governments do that. Speaking of labor as a commodity, because it is, uh, governments do do that in other commodity industries and things like that, artificially raising prices or or making the the free market compete with something artificial. And the problem with that is, is eventually it all the 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 roosters come home to chicken, man. And that's the yep. problem with it. Mm-hmm. They don't, you don't get tendies like you're looking for. You From your chickens that are coming home the rooster? Yeah, it's all cap. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to reach our Gen Z crowd. Huh? Oh, yeah. I, I got don't you. know about you. <laughs> but this is what's got me in my feels bruh, today. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> this is what I'm in my feels about okay. today, bruh. <laughs> Um, on my way over here, while I was at a stoplight, I opened up Twitter and I knew it was a long stoplight, so I had time. Okay. Yeah. Plus I had the cruise control set on the car and it was going to start driving when the car in front of me started moving anyway. So no doubt. I didn't really have to, <laughs> I didn't really have to worry about that. Okay. So this could not wait for Friday's dumb bleep. This is too dumb to not get a long segment dedicated to it. Okay. From the Libertarian Party of Kentucky. Now listen. We happen to identify as people who are libertarian in our political, in our economic, political, social, whatever you want to call it, philosophy. We're libertarians, but we're not big L libertarians. We're not members of the party. Okay. And this is one of the reasons why I'm not a member of the party, because of stupid crap like this. So here's what the Libertarian Party of Kentucky said at LPKY. They said, should LPKY run a candidate in the 2022 U.S. Senate election? This would be against Rand Paul. So the LPKY is actually considering running a libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate against Rand Paul. Now, (laughs) Magoo says, bruh. (laughs) And that's exactly it. Exactly. Now, maybe you all don't think this is as crazy as I do, but... Think what you will about Rand Paul, but he is like one of the only good things we have going in the Senate. Is he perfect? No. Does he do everything strictly libertarian all the time? No. But 
what would be the benefit in getting, because they know, listen, they know they're not going to win, all right? And we give, we talk about this argument all the time, well, running a libertarian, that doesn't take votes away from the Republicans and Democrats. But in this case, that's a different conversation, because you actually have a Republican running that is very attractive to libertarians and probably gets a lot of votes from people who would identify as libertarian mm. in Kentucky. And so in this case, running a libertarian would actually take some votes away from Rand Paul, because I guarantee you there's a lot of libertarians that end up voting for him. And I can't wrap my mind around the idea that somehow this would be a good thing. Now, after the governor, uh, after the governor was uh, not reelected, after the new guy, what's his name, Andy Bashir, was elected in Kentucky, the Libertarian Party, even though libertarians like to say that they don't take votes away from other people, they like to boast when they think they did affect an election. Yeah. So at the times when they do think they affected an election, the Libertarian Party likes to talk about how they affected an election by running a, a, a candidate. And after Andy Bashir went won, they said that the good thing they could take away from it was that they might have kept uh, Bevan, is it Bevan, Matt Bevan, or something like that? They might have kept him out of office. Yeah. That they might have affected that race because they ran someone. Your tears are delicious. Same thing with the, uh, what's his name, Shane, ha Shane Hazel in Georgia boasting about how they affected the senator's race in Georgia also. So when they do affect an election, potentially, they do like to boast about how they affected an election. Mm -hmm. So they do like to play both sides of that at the same time. I really, really cannot figure out how they think this would be potentially a good idea whatsoever. Yeah. Like, what's the good that would come from it? Can no, you think of the good? Literally nothing. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I mean, the, the race... Because the libertarian candidate's not going to win. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're taking votes away from Rand Paul, which means we would have probably a far less, uh, a far worse person in, in, in Congress in the Senate fighting for your liberty and your rights. He, he's one of the few people that does. Now, look, I get it. Rand Paul's not perfect. I understand that he's not perfect. I understand that he has a little bit of a, you know, Republican think. Okay. I get it, but no one's perfect. He's one of the best we've got. The worst thing that ever happened was Justin Amash joining the Libertarian Party and then giving up his freaking seat. Like, like, what the hell? Now, I'm all about having, I wish we had 100 parties. That would be awesome. And I hope one day the Libertarian Party does succeed. It's not like I'm rooting against them. But when you're looking at reality, you know, I was asking, we, we had a phone call, like I said, the other day with Young Americans for Liberty, and they were talking about, you know, the candidate program and, and things like that. And I'm probably interested in running for office one day. I, I don't know um, when or, or what I'm going to do, but right now there's no point for me to, because I was telling them like, look, my state rep, cause that's probably what I would go for first. The state rep in my district is a, is good. Like there's like one or two things that I disagree with them on. So why, why do I need to run against them just to get not like just to get in office? Like he's doing a good job. Yeah. I, then I can focus on other things. Now, if I had a state rep that was absolutely horrendous, that was causing the state to lose liberties and I could run against him or her and win uh, or they, then I would, I would ultimately do it. But right now there's somebody really good in there is doing an amazing job. What's the point? The, Focus on something else. This goes down to the, to the idea. It reminds me of the, the debate between Dave Smith and Eric Brakey. I think that was on lines of Liberty. 
And I tend to be more on the side of Eric Brakey on that. Like what you just said, I want the Libertarian Party to succeed, but they need to be strategic in what they're doing. And the ultimate goal needs to be that we have more liberty for people, not more libertarians yeah. in office, but more you, liberty for people. Why don't you put up a, a county commissioner candidate? Yeah. Why don't you put up a mayor, a mayor, a mayoral, mayoral, mayoral candidate? Why don't you like focus? That's about how much money you have too for the, those two positions. Okay. Do some city councils, do some uh, school boards, like whatever, like literally the size of the libertarian party is big enough to run tiny little elections mm -hmm. and take that approach. That would be the best use of the resources for the Libertarian Party. Why do they continue to try to go after the national stage? Now, look, I don't I think you could always put up a president every year because then that does gain some traction. I don't. I think that it's a waste for them to put up a president. I, but I, I just I think it's a. I don't think it's a good well, idea. Well, the Libertarian Party does have a national. Yeah, I know thing. But like the Libertarian Party of Kentucky, like these little uh, factions or whatever you want to call them <laughs> that are spread out, like they should focus on things they can actually win. And then when you start winning, then you can build on that success and keep going. It's it's this is the most pointless thing I've ever read in my life. But I am I'm actually extremely happy because 61 percent said no on their page. 61 percent said no. You're like, no, idiot. And that's it, it really it's like putting up a candidate against Thomas Massey. Yeah, why would you do that? And it, it just goes like what we were talking about. I I want them to I want there to be libertarian people holding office, but it doesn't mean that automatically that would be better. By the way, we really haven't seen libertarians with power. We, we don't really know what that would actually look like. And if you can get a Republican in there that's essentially a libertarian, like we have with Thomas Massey, we used to have with Justin Amash, mm -hmm. and like we have most of the time with Rand Paul, then the Libertarian Party needs to be happy about that. They Because their goal, I, I realize they're a political party, so they want to have their political party in power mm -hmm. in these places. So, so the political party itself, that's their goal, is to win elections, I think. But the the idea that we need more liberty for the people, that we need people in place to at least stand up and speak out against some of these things, that needs to be another really big part of the goal. And if you, that's one of the reasons we support Young Americans for Liberty so much, because they actually get people in office and they are a libertarian organization. Like we know the people in the organization. We know what their principles are. Well, we they're know technically it. not. Yeah, I mean... You're correct about that. Yeah. They are not a politically affiliated organization, but they because they can't. But they essentially push all Republicans. That's that's what they do. But they do it for Republicans that are pretty much libertarians that want to get elected, and they're good at it. And they do a good job. They've had over 250 state legislators elected mm -hmm. since they started this Operation Win at the, Win at the Door thing. And why would you care whether or not it's a Republican or a Libertarian? The people that they get in office are basically libertarians they're just using the name republican to get elected i don't i will i will argue this i will die on this hill but if it were not for a republican named ron paul i don't know where i would be right now i probably wouldn't be doing this podcast no one would care about the libertarian party whatsoever face down in a ditch the the number one recruiting mechanism for libertarianism in our lifetimes has been a republican named ron paul and they will say, well, he was pretty much a libertarian. He was pretty exactly. He was pretty much a libertarian. 
Of course he was pretty much a libertarian. Of course he was a libertarian. But he wanted to get elected. He wanted to actually be able to be in office. Okay? And that is he why... He actually, actually invoke change. He wanted to be yeah. in the debates. Okay? The Libertarian Party needs to take several seats. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> they, but what a lot of people have said in here is that they need to... They, they need to focus on the local elections. They need to get some mayors elected. They need to get some city council people elected. You know, learn how to, learn how to crawl before you fly. That's what my granddaddy used yeah. to say. And that's what they need to do. It, you're going to focus on a Senate election in a, a U.S. Senate seat when you can't even get a freaking mayor elected? What, what are you smoking, man? Oh, we know that answer. They're so too. L, man. Yeah. They're so L. <laughs> they need to take the L yeah. and just realize that they... <laughs> That they need to focus on being able to consistently get mayors elected. If you can consistently get libertarian mayors elected in several cities around the country, and you do that for a long time, and you get libertarian city council members, then try to tell me that you need to put money towards doing a U.S. Senate candidate. But don't waste people's money, because yeah. that's all you're doing. They're going to go out there, they're going to fundraise, people are going to fork over some money, because that's what people do for political candidates. They're going to feel that, oh, this time they're going to have a chance to win, or something like that, and it's just going to be a giant waste of money. And they're going to get hardly any votes, but in this case, it could be enough to actually affect the election. By the way, Rand Paul only won by a total of about a million to 800,000 in the last election. It was actually kind of close. As, as far as... 200,000 votes. 200,000 votes. Now, I'm not saying that the libertarians are going to pull 200,000 votes in this election, but the Democrat might be able to pull more votes than the previous person. And the fact that Rand Paul was, you know, buddy-buddy with Trump for a long time, he might end up getting less votes from libertarians anyway, I guess. I mean, you really could have a swing in this election, and I can't imagine what the benefit is. Big yikes, bro. <laughs> Which... <laughs> We just we just watched the we just watched the um, Elon Musk SNL skit um, Gen Z Hospital and uh, it was pretty so good. good. It's pretty so good stuff. Good. I don't know if you guys so, watched Elon Musk on SNL, but there were a lot of pretty good skits. Honestly, some, some of the slang is just I love it. I absolutely love it, fam. I didn't understand a word they were saying. Oh yeah, to tell you the truth, of course you don't. I did not. I did not get it. I, I've become too old. Mm-hmm. But That's, I don't know if you guys disagree. Let us know why. Let us know why this would be a good idea. If anyone from LPKY is listening, uh, let us know why this is potentially a good idea. And it can't be that it would be better to have a libertarian in office because you're not going to win. So tell me why this would actually be a good idea. Someone. I can't come up with one benefit. No, I I literally can't either. There's a lot of potential downside, though. It might be. uh, It's. It's difficult to understand because if uh, let's argue the other side real quick, which is if you are the Libertarian Party, what what are you trying to do? You're trying to win elections is really what you want to do for your party. You're trying to get your which somebody mentioned that it's kind of counter counter counterintuitive or counterproductive of being the fact that you don't like parties in general or collectivism. And and that's the problem with libertarians is winning anything is that you have to somehow collectivize a lot of people who are very much against collectivism right in the first place and get them to all do the same thing and put somebody in power to make rules when you don't like people in power making rules so um you know we we've talked about this several times and again i 
I very much want the Libertarian Party to be successful. I hope the Constitution Party is successful. I hope the Green Party is successful. Like, I hope that we eventually get to the place where we have so many legit real choices. Maybe we have something like ranked choice voting or something like that makes it a little bit fairer where you can pick your top five of who could be president. And top if, five, top five. Whatever we can do to get away from choosing two old white guys, old rich white guys to be our president. One who's... <laughs> who's borderline narcissistic and the other one who is borderline senile like Border, the, borderline uh, i'm being generous <laughs> okay okay <laughs> i right? don't think there was borderline on either one of those <laughs> <laughs> um when i say every time i say that i'm being generous it reminds me of lone survivor yeah <laughs> he's like I was being dude generous. i was being generous <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I, like i want to get to a place where we have multiple viable choices where people actually feel like their priorities and values are, are represented by someone you're going to cast a vote for, you know, and we're not going to convince everybody to be part of the Liberty train, right? Or, or bus or whatever we're building. I can't remember. So um, I, I just think having multiple choices out there and what that does is that separates this centralizing power, which is the crux of, of all of our problems. It also creates competition between all the candidates. Amen. There you go. Hallelujah. More competition. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's more, most of the time, it's going to be more competition for who can spend other people's money the best. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's a negative side. So um, anyhow, that's all I have to say about that. And hopefully you guys Guess agree. Go. If you don't, let me know. Charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. Send me an email. Guess you'll go home now. I, I think I'll go home now. All right, Charles, this next one is just for you. Oh, man. This from Reason.com. Always a great place to find some hidden gems like this. Oh, here we go. Are you sure you don't want to read this one? Because this is what you're all about. <laughs> It'd be better coming the from you. Biden administration just... B Biden. Biden. Yeah. Administration just stole this family's property for a border, border wall. No cap. For, for, <laughs> what does that mean? That means it's true. No cap. When did that become a thing? Cap means it's not true. Like if you say something, I'm like cap. That's not true. Where do you learn these things? I TikTok. All right. I also have this. Uh, is this a well-known fact? It, people in the group, also, is this something that people know? I also pulled up familyeducation.com slash slang slash 25 Gen Z slang phrases all parents should know. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> All right. There we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, you got to stay up with it. It's, just, it's all about research, Nate. So gotta, cap is a lie then. Yeah. Okay. Like if you told me something, I'm like, oh, that's cap. I put on Twitter the other day that I didn't know what it meant when people said based. <laughs> you know, someone says a fact or right. something like that and someone says based. I don't know what that means. <laughs> And honestly, I can never tell because they could disagree or agree. I don't yeah. know which one it is. Mm. Can someone tell me what based means? Mm. On reality. Okay. So it means that they that it's true? Yes. Okay. Okay. I think so. The fact that I am getting old is based then. Yeah. <laughs> Nate is based. There you go. Nick just said Nate's based. <laughs> oh. They got some good stuff. Okay. All right, look. Biden administration just stole this family's property for a border wall. No. Now they're open, open borders, I, right? I thought so. Okay. I mean, AOC's down there just directing traffic right in. 
A federal judge confirmed yesterday that a Texas family will have their land immediately seized by eminent domain for U.S.-Mexico border wall, the very type of confiscation that President Joe Biden expressly promised that he would put a stop to. Quote, we are utterly devastated, said uh, Bolidia. Bodia. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. Bodia. Uh, Cavazos. Oh my God. Cavazos. That's absolutely terrible. You want to read this? Can one? you tell me what Cavazos means? I can't. No. What is Cavazos? Uh, it's your Mexican word of the day. Oh. <laughs> Their family owns land in Hildago County, Texas. We thought President Joe Biden would protect us. They probably voted for him. Now we've lost our land. We don't even know what comes next. Of course, the government's going to say they justly and fairly compensated them for this land. Oh, yeah, we can have a good talk about that, too. Yeah. The family clan has fended off similar attempts at confiscation for years. When former President Donald Trump took office, his administration sought to claim about seven acres and divide their land, which they rent to various tenants, in two. A huge chunk of their property would thus be inaccessible to prospective customers, paralyzing their business. I retired five years ago. I taught for 40 years. Uh, Eloisa told Reason in 2018, this is my income that I use for my retirement. She may have to find a new source of revenue. The court already addressed many of the defendant's arguments, including the United States compliance with statutory requirements, whether the taking was arbitrary and uh, capricious, 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 and whether the United States satisfies the negotiation requirements. I just love when the United States decides if the United States followed all the requirements. Yeah, the the terrible thing about this eminent seems, domain because isn't that collusion in and of itself it seems like when the united states finds that the united states can take things from you that it's a little bit biased i don't know hmm. but uh, but I don't, and the terrible thing they do with eminent domain because they have to compensate you for it right but the compensation has to be based on what the market value is and so a lot of times what happens is it's not based it'll ma <laughs> it'll magically leak out that uh, that it's going to be seized for eminent domain. And the problem is, what do you think happens to the market value when that gets out? You think anyone's trying to buy it? No. The market value plummets. Mm. And then they pay you, compensating, compensating you for the market value, which they've destroyed by saying that they're going to take it from, by eminent domain. Mm. It's, it's a racket, man, if I ever heard of one. It's a racket, racketeers. The Biden administration could well have stopped yesterday's ruling handed down by Alvarez in McAllen, Texas, on his first day in office, Biden issued a proclamation pausing border wall construction for 60 days to determine if any land needed to be confiscated. That 60 days came and went without a decision. Yet he was insistent that the decision was already made upon the campaign trail. There will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. <laughs> he told NPR's Lulu Garcia Navarro in August of last year. And the land seizures? End, 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 stop, done, over. Not going to do it. Withdraw the lawsuits. We're out. He literally said that. We're out. He did not, in fact, withdraw the lawsuits. Yesterday, we witnessed a betrayal of the Biden administration's commitment to end construction of the border wall, said Ricky Garza, an attorney for the Texas Civil Rights Project, in a statement. In federal court, the president's pause on border wall construction is meaningless without imminent action from the DOJ to dismiss these cases. So now listen, there's a, well, there's a couple things in this. Yeah. Number one, um, for the billionth time, 
There ain't a single damn politician out there that gives any rats feet about where you live or what you do. <laughs> they don't care. That's what I'm trying to say. They don't care. Even if your kid's dying of cancer, they don't care. No, they, they want to get elected. What they want, when they want, and they'll make sure all their buddies say it's okay. That's it's so ridiculous to me. Like this the sentence here is so insane that the court addressed many of the defendants' arguments, including the United States compliance with statutory requirements. It's like I don't it's like asking your friend. You know, you guys have, well, there's actually true friends and there's other friends, you know, it's like asking your friend, uh, to, to lie for you or something like, it's like asking your friend whether or not they're a good friend, right? <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and it's like making sure the United States satisfied the negotiation requirements. Did you do everything proper? I'm sure the United States made sure they did that. I know. That's what's like so insane to me that they can, they can, they can actually do this and think, that they're somehow high and moral. The other crazy thing on this to me is that this isn't some type of headline news that we're seeing everywhere. Because remember, it was Trump's wall. Trump wanted this border wall. And Trump was a racist. He hated immigrants. All these crazy things. Trump wanted this wall. And we had to stop this wall because it was terrible. And in fact, Biden said he would not build another a foot of wall. And he, like someone said in the group, he was probably right. They're not going to build a foot of wall. It's going to be a lot of feet. Yeah. Numerous feet of wall will be built so much so that they're still confiscating people's property. Then he said, end, 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 stop, done, over. I bet bet he cut the interviewer off probably if we go find the clip. End, 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 stop, done, over. That was... That was just him saying that he was doing the interview. Right, right. That's all it was. No, I wanted to... The, where were we? I needed a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say we weren't going to take anything. But, you know, I, I, I got to give you another one here. As Trickle D said, uh, politicians are sus. <laughs> They're, that's just who they are. They are. The, the federal government's right. pretty sus. And IMO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so everyone knows. Cap. <laughs> uh, Wait. Can someone say base, please? Wait, was yeah. base good or bad? Amanda said it was bad. No cap. No cap. No cap. Sorry, that's yeah, what, sorry. We got to work on this. That's what I forgot. I forgot the no. All right, one more little story here. Nicole, thank you for sending this over. This has to do with vaccines. You guys heard of those vaccines that are out there? They're going around. There's a vaccine going around. People are catching it. Okay. <laughs> OSHA. Catching the vaccine. This is a, poses a, an interesting situation here. OSHA imposes new guidance for employer-required COVID-19 vaccines. Now, this is interesting because there's going to be a lot of employees getting vaccines, and we've talked about whether or not employers were going to require that people get vaccines. But guess what OSHA's letting everyone know? If you force someone to get a vaccine so they can work at your establishment, you're liable for if anything bad happens. So, I mean, that... They, they could have a good point if it's mm. mandatory. So new guidance from the U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration is causing contractors to change their COVID-19 vaccine requirements. And many of them criticize the guidance as diametrically opposed to the Biden administration's stated desire to increase vaccinations. On April 20th, OSHA released a new guidance in the Frequently Asked Questions section for their we- on their website. The question asks whether an employer should record adverse reactions to COVID-19 vaccination if the employer requires the vaccine. OSHA states that if a vaccine is required, 
then any adverse reaction is considered work-related and therefore it must be recorded. Meaning that now, if you get sick, if anything bad does happen, you get a blood clot, which I'm not saying that that's what's going around and happen a bunch. But now, as an employer, if you require people to get vaccinated, now you got some 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 workers comp. Now you, now you got some liabilities. Now you got liabilities. Mm-hmm. So this is what it says on the OSHA website. It said, if I require my employees to take the COVID-19 vaccine as a condition of their employment, are adverse reactions to the vaccine recordable? They say, if you require your employees to be vaccinated as a condition of employment, then any adverse reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine is work-related. The adverse reaction is recordable if the new case under all these words that don't matter and meets one or more of the general recording criteria in more words that don't matter. So a lot of people are upset about this. The businesses are upset about this. And I don't know, I don't know exactly how I feel. Should the businesses be upset about this? I don't really think they should because mm. you're requiring people to put something in their bodies right. so they can work for you. Okay. They say, we sadly had to back off our employee vaccination mandate because OSHA did something I don't understand at all, said Bob Clark, founder and executive chairman of Clayco. I side with OSHA frequently. We're in its VIP program, but on this, they're just wrong. It's a terrible decision they've made, and I think it will be overturned. Work they put forward could potentially discourage employers from supporting their workers getting the vaccine. Now, supporting your workers getting the vaccine those, those sound like two different things to me. Like someone got that got the vaccine and you're like, yeah, I support that decision. Or you must get the vaccine or you're fired. That doesn't sound like supporting someone. Now, let me throw this at you. Yeah. Can't the businesses do that? And then if you don't want to work there, then they can. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't work there. And so now the other question is, should the employee sign off? the business's liabilities because they chose to take the job and to take the vaccine, take the risk to take the risk of getting that. So they could have the job. So they could have the job. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of a, so what I was saying that there, there's here on principles, it, 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 this is a hard one. This is a toughie. It kind of goes in multiple directions here. So who does have the ultimate decision? And it is still the, empl- the employee who decides that they want to work there so bad that they're going to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so this is... Well, since this one's tough, I'm just going to sit back and sip tea. You can talk about it. <laughs> this is That's really what I wanted to talk about was who actually has the liability here. Should businesses be liable if something bad happens after you take the vaccine? And what's interesting is the vaccine manufacturers aren't liable if you take the vaccine and something yeah. bad happens. Yeah. Which is interesting. But the businesses who end up having their people get the vaccine, they could end up being liable. Well, because you don't have to take it. Yeah, true. So they're not making it mandatory for people. Yeah. This is a whole world where we just shouldn't be making things mandatory for people to do. You shouldn't be mandating that people do things because then maybe you could end up being liable for it if something bad happens. But the thing that could come from this is now businesses, and they're talking about contractors here, but OSHA does span over like all of the businesses that there are all i hear when i hear osha is that TikTok. this could end you up remember that no the, the the sound it's come with me and you'll be in a world of osha violations and they're always showing i don't like, know a single thing about what you're saying right you've now. never seen the videos like that Mm-mm. they show people with like i don't know like uh, ladders over um, ditches and stuff it's like all these osha violations obviously it's pretty hilarious yeah Anyway. Um, the, now I, now you made me with that beautiful song you just sang. You want me to do it again? No. Oh, okay. No, I really don't. I really don't want you it to. kind of burned into your memory, didn't it? It's all I can hear in my head right now is you singing that. 
I guess it is pretty catchy. That's that, why yeah. every time I hear OSHA, that's yeah. what I think of. I guess that is why you went there. <laughs> but no, the, the long-term implications of this is that we've talked about how businesses will mandate people to get the vaccines, that you wouldn't have to do a mandatory vaccine policy from the federal government, mm-hmm. that businesses would do it. But if OSHA is going to say that the businesses are liable if something bad happens after people get the vaccine, then maybe we aren't going to see businesses make it mandatory that they get it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Who knows? Well, Who knows, ma'am? At the end of the day, it comes down to the to hurt in the pocketbook there. You know? <laughs> this is a confusing thing going on with the vaccine, because like we talked about before, it seems like the federal government, Fauci and everyone is, are doing everything that they can to discourage people from getting the vaccine. They're vaccinated, yet they're double masking all the time. Uh, they're saying that it's still not safe for you to be around places, although Fauci is now saying that maybe we should rethink the mask requirements indoors. He just uh, started talking about that yesterday. What do you, what do you know? You know, politicians end up fo- following the public. They're like, well, no one's listening to me anyway. So so weird. Now I support you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they end up doing. So we had our good announcements beforehand. I want to remind everyone, 500th episode party, what's the date for the last date that you can join Patreon? That is May 17th, tax day. Tax day. So at the end of the day, you better get your sub in. You better sub in. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that a thing well, too? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> kind of sounded like one, so I just went with it. The other thing that is, so make sure you sign up because we're going to have a 500th episode. Record a live episode. Go to a gum range. Stay in an Airbnb and grill and do all those cool things right here in Nashville, Tennessee. And so tax day is your last day to become a Patreon member if you want to be able to come and do that with us. So make sure you consider joining. Also, check out mastermystonks.com because we made some good moves today. We saw some positions really shift. We've gone through a little bit of a downtrend on a lot of these stonks we've been watching. And today might be the day that they're they're popping and you want to be sure that you're in there when it's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's mastermystonks.com. You can use the promo code SAVE20 to get 20% off your first two months. You stay classy. You stay classy. All right. Close us out, Charles. <clears throat> and uh, also, share the show with a friend. Share it with a, share it with your fam. <laughs> share it with an e-boy or e-girl. <laughs> Trickle really D said ads did not pass the vibe check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what is going to pass the vibe check? Is, is this party. I mean, it's going to be lit. <laughs> Is that still a th- that was? There's no way that's still a thing. Was that millennials? This party's <laughs> going to be fire. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be wig. I, I'm so wig about it. Actually, that's that's what I am. I'm most. It's going to slap. I'm most, okay, multiple people said yes, slap. Slap. Yeah. It's going to slap. Yeah. Oh my god. So I'm I'm really I'm really pumped. It's not going to be a bougie party or anything like that. It's just going to be a normal one, but it's going to slap for sure. Gosh, that sounds amazing <laughs> i understand you know eventually you're you're the old people they just talk like old people eventually yeah and i'm starting to see how that happens. how that happens yeah it evolves over time now i'm like kids these days what the yeah. heck that is a stupid way to say something that makes no sense and i'm like i'm not gonna say that because that's ridiculous that makes no <laughs> sense and you know what that's what my grandparents did like exactly. 40 years ago to their you know? to their parents yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well, that's why I'm trying to get with the times, folks. I'm trying to learn and, and be part of it uh, because, you, you know, age is just a number. All right. Okay. Share it. Share it with all those folks. Share it with the Gen Zers, the millennials, the boomers. What's next? Gen, uh, we don't know yet, I guess. They What's, haven't come into their millennium, whatever that is. Just share it with all that's of them. That's the last letter. It's the children. Okay. <laughs> share, children. 
share it with them because they need to know what's going on and maybe they can grow up in a, in a better world than, than what we have. So I know you guys enjoyed today's show. Uh, we're going to stay, um, we're going to stay on top of this. I'm going to, I'm going to start studying. Yeah, exactly. We're just, I, I guess I just need to watch more TikTok. Yeah. We're just going to, um, we're just going to come with, with it all. Yeah. yeah. We are going to have the illest sayings. <laughs> that's not coming up here pretty a, soon. It's going to be dope. No, that's, that's not on the list. <laughs> Rad. That's far not, out. Not on the list. Amanda says tubular. Yeah. Those are pretty good ones too. <laughs> so anyway, if you, um, if you want to um, share the show, then do it because you should. And I'm begging you to. That's what that's what that means. It's, Don't make them beg. Please share the show. Leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you can leave that rating and review because, man, do we love having our ego stroked. Nate is the CEO of of reading reviews. That's what he does every morning when he that's comes in. That's all I do. Yeah. Yeah. That means you're the best at something. When you're the CEO of is that a saying people say too? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Like I'm the CEO of guitar or something like that. That means you're the best. I've already given up on this, man. So, I'll tell you that. Anyway. Yeah. Share the show. Leave us a review. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty.